0: let's talk about youth violence let's also discuss the implications of cutting youth services for over a decade what about how we reach generation z this is pablo from hackney and this is pablo's podcast thank you for choosing pablo's podcast today welcome this week i want to focus really on young people Um, Young people are the future, as cliche as that sounds, um, it's, it's a fact. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's you can't spend enough time talking about young people, especially in, in, in this day and this age. So, first of all, I want to start off by talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, because I'm sure you're all aware of it. Um, but for those that don't know, it's uh, a theory of Human Motivation by a man called Abraham Maslow, um, and he wrote this paper in 1943. So basically how it works is there's a hierarchy of needs we have as human beings, um, starting off with psychological needs being food, water, warmth, and rest. Then you've got safety needs such as security and safety. Then you have belongingness and love for needs, that talks about intimate relationships, friends. And then you'd have esteem needs, prestige, feeling feelings of accomplishment. And then at the top, you'll have self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. So each of these needs are basically broken up into specific sections. So the first couple we spoke about, the first three we spoke about are basic needs, And then you've got it overlapping with the second two, which are the psychological needs. And then you've got it at the top, which would be the self-fulfillment needs. So why I wanted to quickly speak about that is because if we understand that theory or we look to that theory and, and think about what's happening with young people, hopefully it kind of gets us to understand why they do what they do, why they think how they think. I mean, people in general, but specifically at this point, I'm talking about young people. So the truth is a lot of the, the young people now, you've got young people that are pre-primary pre, uh, school age and they're already potentially on a trajectory to being the next kids that are caught up in street violence and youth violence. You know, these kids are not just made like within a year. There's things that will happen with these kids from an early age. And if not picked up, they, they end up doing all of the things that we we despise and we don't want them to be doing and then we wonder why but it starts from such an early age um so the, in the early years for, for young people you have you know you have young people that witness things like domestic violence substance misuse and when i say domestic violence maybe not necessarily to them although sometimes it is but watching domestic violence watching their mum being attacked by by the father and um, and things like that and then there's substance misuse whether that be crack heroin it might be cannabis might be alcohol and then also lack of good housing which may mean living in a squat it may mean moving home from place to place multiple different homes etc all of these things are going to have an impact on on young children from a very early age and sometimes as parents parents are not aware that these things do have long-lasting implications so and as i said the domestic violence stuff you know You may feel, people may feel that that's the trauma to the parent, but you have a thing that's called secondary trauma. And that's, you know, the child suffers from secondary trauma and that will play out in life if it's not addressed at some stage. So it's really important, I think, for us to have that in mind when we're talking about young people and what young people are doing from what they're not doing and why they do what they do, especially when the things that they're doing are of the negative nature. So a lot of the time, what I say sometimes is people, parents sometimes don't know what they don't know. So some parents need support. I mean, there's no there's no template to this thing of, of raising children. So, you know, some parents will need support in how to best uh, look after their children and best support them through their really informative years and things. And, you know, help is help at the end of the day. So I feel everybody should take help. If there's, if there's somebody there offering you help, you might not understand why you're going to need that help. You may think you're doing a sterling job from but we all need support at some stage so there's nothing wrong with taking a bit of help exclusion from schools uh, is a big thing you know If child a child ends up getting into a lot of mischief at school and then you know you have like the straw that breaks the camel's back maybe it's the final fight that the kid has in school something like that and they end up getting excluded from school and this is another thing that can lead over time to potential violent behavior outside of school because now they're out of the school system they might end up in a pro, they may end up just not going to any type of school they might end up getting involved in gangs at that point there's so many things that can happen once a child is excluded from school so really i feel like the, the aim should be let's try and keep the kids in school as, as much as possible let's go above and beyond you know uh, if we can start giving them that intensive deep support that you end up giving People, young people in the proves, maybe the smaller classes, the more one-to-one stuff. If you start giving them, giving young people that while they're at school, while they're not doing the stuff that people deem fit to send, kick them out of school for, maybe they won't end up getting to that stage of being kicked out of school. Because the truth is, once young people hit the proves and they're kicked out of school, the the support becomes really intense. You know, they get the smaller classes, they get the one-to-one, they get the more deeper learning and support so my thing is why wait until they're at that point why don't we why don't we just give all the kids that deeper support or if there are kids that are more disruptive than the other kids give them that deeper support while they're in mainstream schools because there's there's a lot of subliminal uh, impact for kids that are kicked out of school You know, you can only imagine how, how does that make the kid feel? You know, you've got to the stage where you're now kicked out of school. That might make some kids quite sad. Another kid might use that as a a way of bravado. Like, you know, I'm a real bad guy now. I've been kicked out of school. So now I'm going to live up to that. So there's nothing good comes out of kids being kicked out of school. I think that's the long and short of it from my perspective. I can't see the, the benefits of that. So helping them and supporting them. So that they don't get to the stage where we feel like they can't be managed at school and maybe that's about training teachers to 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 be to do the stuff that's more intensive you know not just teaching not just really being good at just teaching the skills and i'm not taking away from teachers because teachers do a sterling job and they know a lot you know we have to take our hats off to them especially in this time where a lot of parents have had to look after their kids and, and home teach their kids throughout this covid time we take our hats off to the teachers but It might be a case that the teachers need extra training that they can keep them in schools. I don't know. This is something to explore. So another thing that also feeds into that is the low aspiration of of young people, whether they've been kicked out of school or whether they're in school. You know, when we hear kids, when you talk to kids and they they don't know what they want to be, they're not sure what they want to be. These are things, I mean, it's it's, it's not that they're always going to know, but these are things that we want to get them to a space where they have some idea of where they want to be. Or, you know, if they're just talking about low, you know, low level things that they, they can be, that might be because in their mind, they feel like that's the most they can be. There's that glass ceiling and I can't think beyond that glass ceiling. But I think as, as adults, as, as parents, as teachers, we need to be pushing them beyond what the, the norm is or, or what the, whatever their limitations are. Because the truth is, the one thing these children have on their side is time. You know, as long as they're, you know, if they've been gifted with life and 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 good mental health and physical health, they've got time, so they can choose to be whatever they want. They, you know, they've got enough time. If they decide they want to be an astronaut, they've got enough time to learn how to be an astronaut. If they t- want to be a brain surgeon, they've got enough time to learn that. But obviously, as time goes on, you know, you reach your thirties, you reach your forties. Time is limited there. You know, you can't be talking about you want to be an astronaut when you're fifty. It's probably not going to happen. So. That's one of the things we need to be really clear, how much time you do have, you know, to turn your life around, to to make new decisions, you know, and, and using that time effectively. Um, and versus versus them seeing the things that are quite clear, because, you, you know, you kick a kid out of school, kid, what he's going to see or what she's going to see is that the street, the, 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 the route to take on the streets is very clear. You know, it's very clear. You join a gang, you're doing drugs, you, you have a weapon, you make money. You know, you. it's very clear it's, and, it, and it might look easier, but it's, it's not that it's easier, but the, the clarity of how do I get there? How do I get involved in making money on the street? The people that are re- ready and willing to groom your children will show them how clear this route is. And they'll minimize how dangerous and how risky and how destructive it is. So we have to be there before then and and make sure that the aspirations are high and make sure that we clarify the route to to attain these high aspirations. You know, Um, things like, you know, apprenticeships are, are really good, but maybe we start looking at the type of apprenticeships we have. You know, we have... You know you have uh things that like the stock market why why don't we why don't we give children uh, apprenticeships within the stock market uh, teach young people how to be contract negotiators teach young people how to be property developers a lot of these kids that are in gangs that are on the streets uh, doing various things that we don't condone a lot of these kids are really entrepreneurial they're really entrepreneurial and they're, they're looking at ways and looking for ways to come out of the situation they're in which means making money a lot of the time that's how they see it let me show me a way to make money what's the easiest way for me to make money or what's the way i can make money in a in a longevity type of way a way that's going to sustain me throughout life but if then you're speaking to them about being a carpenter being an electrician these are noble noble occupations nothing wrong with them at all but for some of these young people they're looking beyond that and why shouldn't they This is their world. We just live in it as adults. We just live in it. This is their world. Why shouldn't they look beyond that? But if we're not putting those things in front of them, then we're kind of limiting their expectations as well. You know, and maybe that's through our limitations that we felt growing up. Who knows? But I think we need to start exploring different types of apprenticeship situations and getting young people in situations where maybe their money can surpass what they could make uh, doing crime, you know. Um, I think it's really important. And and seeing people that have have done the types of jobs that they're looking at, like I said, young. if if you've got people coming into the schools that have worked in the stock market that look like the young people in that class, you know, of different races, you know, not just people that don't look like them, people that actually look like them, that are doing things uh, in regards to property development and like I said, contract negotiating. I think contract negotiating is a, a really a really good skill to have because most businesses, all businesses uh, depend on some kind of contract. And if you're good at negotiating contracts, the bigger the contract, the more commission you're going to get. And that's just through you using your your entrepreneurial gift of the gap. And a lot of these kids have, have that. They have that naturally, that gift of the gap. So these are different things we should look at. And then also uh, high quality youth services. You know, I mean, the youth services have been cut since 2010. Uh, Youth services have been cut, hacked and severed. And, you know, we need more youth services. I mean, that's not no news to anybody. I'm pretty sure we know that we need new youth services. Um, But we don't just need youth services just for the sake of it. We need high quality youth services. You know it's not a coincidence that they we had the cuts in 2020 and then through through the the mark Duggan incident uh, in Tottenham you had the riots in 2011 that spread like wildfire across the UK and you know it was it was a mean feat for the for the police and everybody to deal with because you know the, the youth violence was at its highest that year you know it you know it just it just blew up so we need to really look at the link between having no youth services since 2010 or not having no youth services but cutting them dramatically since 2010 that's like a decade they've been cutting and cutting and cutting so is it a wonder now we've got kids out there with nothing to do finding other things to do and then as I said you have people gang members etc finding ways to groom these kids who have nothing to do and showing them another way a way that they can make money etc so we need to really need to start looking at addressing this this cutting of youth services because if you if anybody worked in youth services around that time they would have been crystal clear what was about to come and what was about to come was young people on the street doing all the things that we do not want them to be doing you know the kids, at the end of the day, the kids are inspired by adults. You know, this is this is another big thing we we forget. You know, kids, if the kids see adults doing certain things or not doing certain things, that's where the inspiration is going to come from. You know, kids always look to generally look to better what they see adults doing, but they are also inspired by what they see people do, uh, adults doing. So we have to be very aware about what we're doing and what what kind of image we're showing young people, because they they learn by osmosis, you know, they learn by what they see. It's not everything you're gonna tell a child they're gonna do. A lot of the stuff is they're gonna see you do some stuff and they're gonna copy that. So we have to be very aware of that too, yeah? Not to mention the things they hear you say. All of these things will impact kids heavily. One of the things that young people are, uh, become aware of, uh, consciously or subconsciously, basically a lot of them are not gonna be able to buy a house or a home in the place where they grew up and on a on a conscious or subconscious level it means a lot it means a lot to be able to live if you've lived in your area and you love your area and all your friends are there you went to school there you've got history there why wouldn't you want to live there as an adult you definitely would want to live there as an adult but the truth is with gentrification especially in places like Hackney uh, well, not especially, but that's one of the one of the places where it's crystal clear gentrification has happened. It's clear that a lot of these young people won't be able to afford to live there, you know, because of lack of affordable housing, and it undermines their sense of belonging. You know, if you 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 if you you've grown there, like I said, you've got all of this connection to this borough, to this city, to this town, and then you get to an age where you're now looking for a property or a place to live to rent, and you can't live. Where you've grown so you have no connection to that borough in a, in a in a long-term view from a long-term perspective and you may have had aspirations of your children growing up here you're you know being close to your family and all that and the next thing you realize is i might actually have to move to birmingham or i may have to move to ipswich or i may have to move to liverpool you you know to, to or bradford or you know just somewhere really far where you have no connection these things have impact these things have an impact um and some some young people will see that you know how can i get to buy a place in hackney for instance well i have to earn loads of money how am i going to earn loads of money the only route i can see is through crime drug selling etc and then they take that route and then those might be the only ones that end up buying a property in hackney or in isla and this because they not doing the normal job you may not be able to afford it and so as, well, as much as this thinking is not correct and 100% of the time, this is, we're talking about children at the end of the day. So we don't expect them to have accurate thinking all the time. They're growing, they're learning, and they see the world as they see it. So these are things I think that we really need to start thinking about and, and addressing and being mindful of. And also, when we're trying to reach young people, we, we have to remember we're dealing with a totally different generation of children now. They don't consume stuff in a traditional way from TV, etc. They are truly digital in the way they consume. This is Generation Z. They consume things in a totally different way and we have to meet them where they are. You know, these kids consume stuff off of phones, you know, phones, YouTube, you know, social media. These are the places that they consume information from, you know, where the older folk, older people, they still consume from those Uh, places but they also consume from the mainstream places and those are the you know when you're getting the negative influence of you know young people are this they're no good they're they're bad they're knife crime violence all of that stuff all that is being pushed on the mainstream uh, platforms where the adults consume so although the kids might not be directly being influenced by it secondarily they are being influenced by it because the adults who are in control of things at this time they're being influenced by it, and then they deal with the kids based on all of the stuff that they're catching off the off the mainstream media. So it's all connected, and it all does not help our young people at all, at all. So. I'm I'm glad to hear that you know we're we're moving to a time where we're going down the public health approach in regards to dealing with young people and violence and you know they they've put together things like the violence reduction units across across the UK across London and it's it's just really important you know because this this is a public health issue you know youth violence is a public health issue and it is something that needs to be addressed and it's something that can be addressed but it needs the will of the people in power and, the, and the, the people of influence and the parents and the teachers and everybody to do something different. And it's going to take money as well. You know, these things don't happen without some some money injection, you know. Um, and, you know, we have to think about ways how we can start to build some trust between uh, the police and, and, and young people as well. You know, at the end of the day, the police are always going to be here and they are here to protect and serve. That is what they should be doing. And young people are always going to be here because forevermore we're going to have children, God it. So we continue to need to coexist in a more productive way. But at this point, there are a lot of contentious things such as stop and search, which is still something of great irritation to to young people. And sometimes it's, it's for right reasons. I mean, more young black people are stopped, you know, for for drugs or for weapons and things like that. But the truth is, statistics show that um white people are more likely to have drugs in them than young black people but if you're always stopping black people young black people and searching them then the the what you find is going to be a bit skewed so there are you know the police do a good job they try you know but there's a lot of things we can do better and you know we just need to start looking at things this is this is how i feel so yeah so i'd like to um you know kind of just Give thanks to everybody that's trying to do something for young people, you know, out there and and, and doing their part in which way they can. You know, young people are not a lost cause. Young people are definitely the future. So just to reiterate what we spoke about in the beginning being Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Hopefully now you can look at the behaviour of young people and think to yourself of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid um, figure, which starts off at the bottom with the psychological needs. Safety needs, belongingness and love needs, self-esteem needs and self actualization needs. All of these needs are important to all of us. So hopefully we can empathise with these young people and support them in the best way we can. Thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Hopefully you can join me next week. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thanks again for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney, and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussions.